This Tridio production is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and made possible by you, our listener. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit tridio.com slash donate. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything I Learned from Disney. I'm your host, Father Roderick, and today I will be talking with... Uh, a co-host of a very popular show that we've been doing for several years, which is The Secrets of Once Upon a Time. And so, of course, if someone uh, joins that show, uh, he or she has to be also familiar with the world of Disney. And that's why I invited Shelley Kelly on the show. Welcome. Hey, Father Roderick. How you doing? I'm great. And I'm looking forward to talking Disney with you. It's been a, It's been a long time. Well, we started The Secrets of Once Upon a Time five years ago, and it's hard to remember, but um, I had a brand new baby then, and now he's about to turn five years old. Unbelievable. So, I, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to fathom that it's been five years. Mm-hmm. I think we stopped recording it last year. We, we tried to continue. The show's kind of different a little bit. Uh, I am not current on it at the moment. So. Me neither. We had to wait in Europe for Netflix to post the new episodes. And they just uh, posted the, the season, last year's season. So we're so far behind. And it was really hard to keep up with, uh, with just all the episodes. So I'm, I'm very glad to have you in this show because we can talk Disney without having to watch so many episodes and do so many podcasts. So my first, Yeah, this is a great idea. My first question for those listeners among our community that don't know you, can you tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and where your love for Disney comes from? Okay, sure. My name is Shelly Kelly, and I blog with my sister, Lisa, over at Of Sound, Mind, and Spirit. Uh, We've been blogging since 2009. Uh, I think that's the same year that we met you and started following SQPN. Um, I've always loved Disney. Disney is, I'm here in the States, and Disney is a a rite of passage, a rite of childhood. I, I don't think you can do anything here. In fact, I was looking at the list of movies and I had to ask you, are we talking animation or are we talking live action? Because they're in so much of everything. Um, So anyway, I'm a mom. I've got uh, two teenage girls and I have my little boy I just mentioned who's five. I'm married to a wonderful husband more than 20 years. And right now I, um, I left my archives world and moved into the world of business. So it's been a very busy day. Wow. Well... (laughs) Let's let's try to change our thoughts and 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 escape in the world of Disney. That's I talked with Deborah uh, in the other show, and she was like, "Disney is escapism. It, it allows us yeah. just just step into another magical world where there are no problems, there are no internet outages, no technical problems, no Windows 10." <laughs> so, and I think that's true. That's one of the the reasons that that we all love the world of Disney so much. Now, I'm wondering. Yeah, so you have kids. What what is what is their favorite Disney movie? Do they? Oh have my one? goodness. It changes all the time. I think it's whatever's current. Um, We've gone through Cars, of course, with the little boy. We've gone through, oh, Brave. They love Brave, except the bear part, which is half the movie. But they love love Merida and the accents. And um, what's another favorite? Planes, Monsters, Monsters, Inc. That was my daughter's very first movie in the theater was Monsters, Inc. I, I, you know, Disney lately has gotten better at their sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cars, the Cars Two. I think there's a Cars Three coming. Um, planes. Uh, yeah. Uh, what What about uh, Frozen? Were, were you one of those households where the the soundtrack of Frozen was playing all the time? 
You know, I was a late holdout to Frozen. We didn't go see the movie because we were in between with the kids. Um, I think the girls went and saw it one summer with their cousins, Lisa's kids. Uh But I didn't know the song. So everyone was running around singing, let it go, let it go. And I didn't know the song. (laughs) Um, So I finally, finally, finally had to watch it because Secrets of Once Upon a Time went there. And then I was suddenly hooked. It, it is. It's a great movie, and I love the story. Mm-hmm. And there's probably going to be a sequel to that as well. Or actually, I'm I'm pretty convinced there will be. Have you seen the little shorts? Um, the one where um, I think I uh, saw one. She has a cold, and every time she sneezes, it's 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 Anna's birthday, and Elsa's got a cold, and and all the little uh, snowmen pop out. Oh, cool! I need to check that out. No, I haven't seen that. I want a standalone movie with Olaf, though. <laughs> he was one of <laughs> no, my really... favorite sidekicks. I like Tangled, too, for some of the newer ones. I like the strong female characters. It's less about needing a man and more about um, just life in general Mm -hmm. and and facing life's challenges. Is that also one of the movies that resonates with you personally? Um, Yeah, I think so. I was – when you sent me the list – okay, for Uh those who don't know, he sent us the list of questions that he might ask. (laughs) Um, In college, Beauty and the Beast was probably my favorite. So, okay. so the, the early animation came out before I was born, mm-hmm. as you know, and then you and I probably grew up seeing them in the theaters as replays and then VHS came out. But the new ones that were just really exciting, their first foray back was The Little Mermaid yeah. and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. And so those three just kind of carried us for years. Uh-huh. Um Really, it was Belle. Belle was the first character I, I remember that it wasn't about waiting for a man or finding true love. It was more about um, seeing life as an adventure mm-hmm. and, and being a strong person, um, seeing good in all things and, and just experiencing life. It's funny that Disney oftentimes in, in the past got uh, the um, objections that they were they were too focused on the heroic princes and the women were just the the the, 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 the characters that needed to be saved but i'm i'm thinking that the, most of the disney movies that i know have very strong female characters they're the protagonists they the, the the princes are almost just there because they're well they're, there has to be a prince but they're, they're oh, not but very peter interesting pan and peter pan and robin hood and um That's no true. there's there's a yeah. there's a good place i think disney does a good job toy story of mm-hmm. having strong male characters that little boys can can watch and, and admire and having strong girl characters. And with the time changing, it's gone less from the, the true love stories and more into um, empowerment stories. And that's, that's true. I think yeah. that's just part of our culture and where we're going with it. And I applaud it. It's, it's fun. So. And it's something that we can all relate to. That, that we've, we've all gone through changes in our lives and being insecure about what we can and what we can't do and then discovering who we truly are. That's kind of the, one of the best stories that you can tell in a fairy tale. It's someone oh, who, despite all the opposition and, and perhaps even thanks to some sometimes the opposition and the, the bad guys and the, the evil uh, queens and everything, discovers that, well, they are stronger than they thought they were, even mm-hmm. without magic. So, so if you could be one Disney character, who would you be? <laughs> <laughs> I struggled with that question. There's so many amazing characters, and I've never been one to have a favorite. I don't have a favorite color or a favorite song. Uh-huh. I, I kind of float with whatever the breeze is. Uh, as I mentioned, the first one I really liked was was Belle. Yeah, when because I because of the fact that I... she was reading a lot, and you know, would stand up to uh, <laughs> what's the Gaston? She was like me. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes, she didn't care what everybody thought. She read a lot. She she had her own world. She was not it was not that she was in the world. Mm -hmm. It's that she was her own world and she interacted with people and they all thought she was strange, but um I don't know. I see a little bit of my own daughters in in Belle yeah. like that. So, well, one of them, she's very serving and selfless. Mm -hmm. The other one's not. Don't tell them they're strange, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to create some traumas. <laughs> no, no. Who, 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 but you know, when yeah. I was a when I was a teenager, um, I would have said Cinderella. Oh, because she's she has that transformation uh, to go to the ball, and I, I this is kind of strange. But when I went to prom, uh -huh. I, I didn't date a lot in high school. I was the awkward kid. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Um, but at prom, the dress I picked was a big blue dress, and it was the late 80s, so we had the big full skirts. And um, everyone, when I went there, everyone said I looked just like Cinderella. It, it sounds like Cinderella, yes. Yeah, yeah. so I thought uh, not so much the, the rags to riches, but uh -huh. the, uh, the, the girl who didn't care much for clothes, we'll say. And, and then I, I went in this beautiful ball gown, and, and I felt like Cinderella at the ball. Wow. So. That was a, a Disney moment from my memory. I can imagine it's it's a, a bit of the, the the romantic lore around those those balls and uh, how'd you call them the was it is it the homecoming feast or something like that? It, oh, course, so the, there's two fancy dress up dances uh -huh. in high schools. One yeah. is homecoming. We just had it here in uh, Texas. What does that and mean? Because I'm yeah, a European and I think we have a lot of European listeners that are not familiar with those traditions. Okay. We see it in movies, but we're like, oh, so that's probably some school thing. But <laughs> Homecoming is usually the football game where all the alumni come home oh. to celebrate and visit with their teachers and their friends and their family. And it's also the next, so there's a football game. And in Texas, the girls all wear big moms, like chrysanthemums and they have lots uh -huh. of ribbons and bells and decorations oh wow and then there's the football game and they crown a court there's a king and queen of homecoming ah. and then they go to uh, the dance the next day the dance is just for the high school kids not the returning alum right. but just the high schoolers and it's a fancy dress mm -hmm. and then the other one we have is in the spring it's just for seniors and it's prom i have no idea why i've never looked up the history of why they uh -huh. call it prom Um, but it's fancier dress, if you can imagine. And it's usually at a hotel ballroom or something. And they have a court. I think they still do a, a king and queen of prom. And, so. and prom is not just for people that are leaving high school. Uh, that can be any year. Well, no, it, only the seniors can purchase tickets, but the seniors can invite underclassmen to oh, be their okay. dates or their, their escorts if okay. they want. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. That, that gives me all of a sudden an insight about in some, into something that I've been wondering about for most of my <laughs> life. Like, what are all these, these parties? And of course, well, I, I can imagine that, you know, the, the whole idea of getting a, a beautiful dress and being almost like a princess in, 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 on a feast like that, that must be kind of somehow related to what we are fed as children when we watch those Disney movies, or at least the girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if there's an equivalent for, for boys, but uh, it's kind of this, this this whole romantic idea of you need to have this beautiful dress and feel like a princess. Disney does that very well, though. Oh, gosh, To, to yeah. give you that, that what well, we said, escapism, but that that magical dream of of being beautiful and being special and yeah. everyone looking at you that's it it's feeling special it's it's all that that people see you and and perhaps mm -hmm. even value you more than in in regular life i think that's a very very deep 
craving of all of us, I think. Yeah. It's funny to see how they monetize it as well in Disney World, <laughs> Disneyland. I mean, you can, there are just stores where you can buy princess dresses and, and kids will beg their parents to buy them a, like a hundred dollar princess dress. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what they cost anymore, but Lisa's girl, Lisa's girls and my girls, we went through several years of hand me around, hand me down, hand me around yeah. uh, Disney princess dresses. And they used to have a Disney store and uh -huh. we would always go in there because they'd have these toys that we, of course, would never mm -hmm. buy all of those toys. But it was so much fun just to shop, just to yeah. look at them and touch them and, mm -hmm. and think about what it would be like to have them. Oh, my gosh. So. And that, that is, that's an illness that just, just never cured. Just last year. No, this year, early this year, I was in Boston. And I went to one of those Disney stores. And it was mm -hmm. just around the time that all the Star Wars merchandise went on sale. <sighs> And so they had stormtrooper costumes and Kylo Ren masks that you could put on and they would just change your voice. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to max out my credit card if I'm not careful. When I was 15, I think, I went to um, California to visit my aunt and uh -huh. she took me to Disneyland. So it was the first or second time I'd been to Disneyland. She bought me a glass slipper. I mean, it's an actual, wow. it's not a shoe. It's not a shoe I can put uh -huh. on. It's a, it's a, a, a like trinket a, like that you would prop. put on the shelf. Right. Oh. A but it is actual glass. And it, she had my initial S carved in the back. Awesome. And so when my girls were little, they were nine, nine and six. We went to Disney World in Florida mm -hmm. and I bought them miniature little glass slippers. And to tell them apart, I bought the ones with their, their birthstone put right in the center cool. um, so they have a little something disney to take with them too nice that's that's awesome uh and, and better than all the plastic garbage that you can buy there <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we don't play with them <laughs> no 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 but sometimes them. just putting something on display and it's a symbol of course also uh yeah what in terms of um the the let's say the the message of of the movies, uh, the 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 kind of values that Disney um, conveys in in those stories. What for you are the most important ones? Which are the well, ones that, that I, matter to you, to your kids, that you would like to pass on? I think I think what we mentioned about life being an adventure, uh -huh. and uh, also hope. Hope is really big in all the Disney messages. No matter how dark things ever get, there's always hope. There's always mm -hmm. that light at the end. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, just living life, you know, that not being, not allowing it to drag you down. Just when everything is the darkest, uh -huh. is when there's some magic moment, and not necessarily magic. But, but that there's something either inside you or, or the, that a friend can offer to you, that hand that pulls you through that dark time, and there's a reward at the end. And, and I've often thought about magic and, and what it stands for because, of course, it's a fictional thing. There, there is no magic, at least not that I know. <laughs> but it's, it's almost like this desire that we have that, to transform our world or our current situation. Magic is always transformative. You have a broomstick and all of a sudden it's, you know, changes into whatever, a horse or a pumpkin that changes into a, a beautiful, um, what do you call it, a carriage or? Carriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so in a way, if we dream of, of magical powers, it's often because we would love to change the world into something better, something more beautiful. Um, and, that and there's always 
there's always kind of a guiding hand, if you notice. There's always that someone who does the magic. There's True. the fairy godmother. There's the the three fairy godmothers in Sleeping Beauty. There's a bed knobs and broomsticks. There's yeah. there's that yeah. mentor that that Merlin in um, uh, Sword in the Stone. Uh, You're right. You're right. It's not just someone who, in that respect, it's a bit different from Harry Potter, who just discovers that he has magic himself. And in in, in Disney, in, in fairy tales in general, it's often mediated, a mediated power. You need you need friends, you need other people to help you with that magic. And well, and in Harry Potter, there is Voldemort. I mean, not Voldemort. I'm sorry, Dumbledore. Sorry. <laughs> true. True. I mean, there is yes. Dumbledore to they kind have of guides be the the guide. Yeah. So the only one that doesn't come to mind. I don't remember magic really in Peter Pan. Um, not Peter Pan. Um, Robin Hood. Um, so I don't that, think that's it's a part slightly of it. different. Yeah. It's not really a. That's just more an adventure. They're they're retelling yeah. a another fairy tale. So. Well, sometimes they just take legends more than fairy tales. Uh, and I think now with with Pixar being part of the of the Disney stable, even their whole range of the types of stories that they tell is, is starting to expand. It's, it goes way beyond fairy tales. Although I have to say, fairy tales still my favorite. The movies that are, even the, the the Princess and the Frog. When I heard that they were going to make a movie about that, I was excited. I was curious to know what they could do with that. It's such a basic, tiny little story of transformation. And then they spun it into this this whole new. I think the the movie is better than the original fairy tale. Oh, it's not my favorite movie, so that's interesting to hear you say that. It's a little dark, I think. It I is. like the, um, I like the setting, mm-hmm. but there are parts of it that just get very dark. Although maybe not so. I mean, we just watched uh, Sleeping Beauty again, and Maleficent is very evil. Oh, yes, yeah. So, but <laughs> my girls, uh, Princess and the Frog, isn't their favorite, mm-hmm. and I haven't let my son watch it yet. So. No, I mean but it has a bit of a. a, a it's, it's it's weird, dark. It's sometimes a bit creepy dark. That that's true. On the other hand, well, most most fairy tales that we know, the original versions are definitely not for kids. <laughs> they can be a well, lot it's, weirder. It's very Louisiana. It's very yeah. New Orleans. So, yeah. um, and, and that that's the part of it I like. I like yeah. that they captured that spirit and flavor and jazz of mm-hmm. of the area, the, the regional area. Um, I guess I just forgot how creepy <laughs> some of their legends are. All the voodoo stuff and yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh. But it's interesting that they give it that spin and they, they just, I thought it was just a very, very original retelling of a fairy tale that mm-hmm. in itself is not, you know, you could do like a five minute short about it and that would be it. And then they, they create a new a new fairy tale. That's, that's what the... Yeah, it's, it's rare to have um, storytellers like that. Now, it, I, we, we've, we've talked about Once Upon a Time for years. And like every week we would spend, well, an hour talking about it. But then before that, we would take notes and rewatch the episodes. And there is one recurring theme that I thought Once Upon a Time did very well. I'd like, like to have your take on that as well. That's the okay. idea that bad people, you know, evil queens and... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Rumpelstiltskin, and the... nobody is all is just evil for evil's sake. There's always a story and a history that made someone like that, which which always gave it uh, uh, at least the, the possibility of redemption. If you, if you would fix what went wrong in the past and they would somehow kind of reconcile with whatever caused the trauma that made them evil, they become good 
and and, and sometimes mm-hmm. the characters would go back and forth between being evil and then being good for a while, and then the the pull of evil is too strong. But it was always a a, a deeper layer to that. And you haven't seen the current season. No, I heard that some good that people are are turning really forward. evil. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> I can, but I, don't you think that 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 was one of the themes that has impacted my view on other people? Because I think mm-hmm. I was brought up with fairy tales and just kind of thinking kind of black and white about people. Like you're either a good guy or you're just bad. You're just evil like the bullies in school. They were just evil. And it never crossed my mind as a child that those bullies might have been traumatized or might, may, may have been mistreated themselves or had whatever reason to behave like they did. And it's 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 only by like those seasons of Once Upon a Time I started to realize, oh, wait a minute. And, and, and it kind of jives with my experience as a priest as well. You know, when you hear confessions, uh, it's never the case that someone is there and he's just well i'm i work for the devil you know i just like to murder people because it's fun <laughs> there's always a story that 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 you need there's to take pain. into account there's pain there's often time pain yeah mm-hmm. pain can be transformative as well um and I, one of the things about once upon a time is they show that love and hope can be transformative if you allow it but you have to allow it so yeah. So and and really, I like what you're saying because that was a new twist that Once Upon a Time brought into the fairy tales that Disney had not really explored before. No. And I think that's why it works in that show because when we are kids, things do appear very good or bad, black or white. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't live in that world. We live in a world that that wants to be very divisive, especially I don't know how it is in yeah. Europe, but here in the states, we're it's very, very divisive right yes. now. Yes. And and it's very easy to forget that, you know, we're all human beings first. And there's more that brings us together than what separates us. Yeah. And in, in this, the old adage, until you've walked a mile in someone else's shoes, it's hard. You, know, mm-hmm. you really can't judge them. Um, so I do like the way the creators have yeah. put that spin on it. Um, I, how I, what we experience transforms us. And I think that it's slowly also seeping into the into the the movies, the classic movies that, that Disney is bringing out, Pixar as well. Oftentimes, there people are not just good or bad; it's just more gray. And sometimes that makes the stories also, let's say, a bit more problematic. It's just like, well, you know, where the heroes always ha- also have have a certain kind of an example. They have to be greater than life. It's something that you aspire to. Uh, on the, on the other hand, it makes the story much more interesting if you know the bad guys also have some good and the good people also have some bad tendencies. Makes it closer well, to li- our our reality. I like the story of forgiveness and redemption. Mm-hmm. You know the the second chances. I have not seen all of the remake that they did, the live action remake of Me Cinderella. Neither. I know they're starting to do a lot of live action remakes. Yeah, but I understand at the end that she forgives the stepmother. Oh, wow. And that's that's the one thing that makes me want to see it. Yeah. Um, not just the costuming and all, but but to see how they turn that message, because I don't remember that message being in the original Cinderella. No. No. It was just a happy ending and off they go with the prince. Yep. Um, and the evil but, uh, queen gets, you know, thrown into uh, some, you know, dark pit or whatever. It's usually, you know, they, they deal with evil by just killing it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And and I really, after that, you've forgotten about them. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here. What what happened to Maleficent? Well, wait a minute. Uh, didn't Prince Philip throw the sword and pierce the? Okay, so she died. What <laughs> happened to the the witch in Snow White? Hmm. You know. So you're right. It gives you a, that that new element of what if and and yeah. how can we can we be redeemed? It's kind of hope to the next level in a certain way. It's not just hope for a world where all evil is destroyed, but it's hope for a world where evil converts itself in a way, mm-hmm. which I think is a well, is a cooler result. Are they running out of stories? <laughs> are they having to resort to new twists? To, I don't know. To, you know. I don't know. It's, it's mean, kind of part of the whole reboot genre right now, that you take something that people are familiar with and you, you give it a little twist and, and do a different ending. The way in which they did it in Once Upon a Time, I thought, was was a great way to do it. Because they would they would basically tell a new story with with the elements that we were familiar with, but they didn't kind of like force it onto a story or or or, or kind of destroy the existing story. They were very, very creative with it. And sometimes it was just fun to to see where they went with even with Frozen. It's like they could have copied basically the themes from the animated movie. And since it was frozen, and anyone would look anything, and 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 yet they they completely turned. Or that Peter Pan turned out to be well, I can't spoil that, but was so <laughs> different from what everybody thought he was. And wow, it's like that is so cool. <laughs> no, well, and Frozen, I, you and I, I think had a conversation about um, when when Once Upon a Time went there about the original Snow Queen story and yeah. and how different it was and and. There are a lot of things I know online that you can watch about the creators of the the story Frozen and how they started it in one direction. Uh And then the story evolved kind of almost on its own. And and they realized they wanted to be more empowering in the story and less negative. And, and, you know, what's that that, uh, quote Walt Disney always said about keep moving forward? Uh Uh-huh. you know that don't look backwards yeah, for too keep, long. Keep We've got to forward. open new doors, and and curiosity leads us in new paths, and and that's really what Disney, a company, is doing right now yeah. with the reboot and and their new stories and new new tellings. And I think so. we need we need stories like that, especially now in in in, mm-hmm. in this divisive time where. It's almost as if everything is turning into a political debate and everybody hates everyone else. <laughs> it's like, where, well, are, and, where are the good people? <laughs> and, and there was one more thing that you had, you had mentioned in the, in the pre-show mm-hmm. uh, email to me. Um, you asked, like, what was my favorite, my, I mean, my earliest Disney movie yeah. uh, memory. It was my earliest Disney memory. Uh-huh. And I, I sat and I thought about this and I thought about this and I can't come up with an earliest memory except music. Oh, my my earliest thing about Disney has always been the music. I had uh-huh. all the CD sets. I always ran out and bought the soundtracks. It is singing. It is it is. I mean, like we were talking about all the little girls singing um, Frozen, Let It Go yeah. and, and how popular that's become. Um, when I was a little girl, it was Whistle While You Work and Hi Ho. Oh, and, yeah. Um, a dream is a wish your heart makes. Uh-huh. Uh, so. So it's really they're very powerful in their music. If they didn't have those songs and that music in those stories, I don't know that they'd be quite the success that they are today. No, no, it's true. It's the only thing that I sometimes miss in Pixar movies. It's like I want people to break out in the songs. <laughs> you know? You've and got then, a friend well, in me. Yeah, but that's kind of a song <laughs> that is not the, the characters are not singing that. So <laughs> uh, I see what you're saying. I want more yeah. musicals in a way. So. <laughs> 
But then again, I love the the just the quality of the songs. It's unbelievable. I thought after Aladdin and you know the the Lion, the Lion King, the, yeah, the Lion King had the songs. Lion King had great songs. The Circle of Life. But didn't the compo- Hakuna Matata? Yeah, and I I thought after a while, especially since the composer died, I was like, are they ever gonna match that level of quality? And I think with Frozen, they've proven that they can. And that they've even yes. modernized it. And it's more to, you know, I, I had to really get used to the style of, of the Frozen soundtrack. It's like, that's not really my music. It's too modern, you know? <laughs> I want more old-fashioned melodies. And uh, But it, it was a, a mega hit. I never, never thought that that music would be so, kind of like a, a um, how do you say that? A new, a new... It, it, it's a new genre? Yeah, it's it's kind of the, what the music of the Lion King was to my generation. The music of Frozen is for this new generation of kids, mm-hmm. and I think that's well, it's amazing. less ballad and more show tune. Yeah, I wonder if so, they're gonna they're gonna go for the the rap soundtrack now with the success of Hamilton. <laughs> it's like if that's the new thing, then yeah, count me out. That's not my style. Yeah, I don't like rap, and I still haven't seen Hamilton. I I want to, I just haven't yet. I'm just um, thinking, you know, Disney being also a for-profit company. When they see that, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those next movies is gonna have a rap soundtrack. You think we'll do a Founding Fathers? Uh, we'll do a Ben Franklin with a rap? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, that that might be too local. One of the one of the great things that Disney does really well is to make every story universal. And that's one of the reasons that here in Europe, you know, nobody knows what Hamilton is. And like my my entire timeline for a while, for months, was filled with Hamilton and all my American friends were talking about it and we were like, who? (laughs) Yeah. But even even the Hunchback of the Notre Dame I think that that Disney did a great job turning that into a universal story. You didn't have to be French to appreciate it. You probably mm-hmm. it's even better because if you're not of the storyline. Yeah, it's a, something everyone the, the can theme. relate to. And I think that with Pocahontas, same thing. That was a very kind of a Native that American story, movie. but it, it <laughs> no, worked. Let's not talk about Pocahontas. You don't like it. <laughs> no. I, oh, I was in seminary. Runner, I'm a history major, and they took Pocahontas, oh, and yeah. And, you know as well as I, I think that sometimes the the fictional, the historical movies, people start to look at them and think that they're true history, and then they're that's not. True. That's so true. Well, that's I the same little, with the Hunchback of Notre Dame as well. The way they portray priests and bishops, I was like, okay, right, right. <laughs> You're kind of like, yeah, not the best light. <laughs> <life." laughs> I think that's always a bit of a challenge when you're telling a story, and at the same time, it's. It, like a true story, or at least there are true true origins. You know, how far do you go mm-hmm. into making it a story, or do you stay true to history? But that can be boring. <laughs> so, what do you? Oh think? yeah, yeah. But it's it's true yeah. that for for a lot of kids, these movies can seem like uh, history. Uh, you know, that's the way the Middle Ages looked, or the, like the Sword and Stone. It's another one, another movie that I think that's coming out in a like a real life version. And well, I think it's when they capture a culture. I was thinking of Cars and Route sixty six, and they've got yeah. that spirit of adventure, and uh-huh. and the, and that's very. It's a very American story in terms of the highways and yeah. how those little towns sprung up with the advent of cars, and then after, through the through the original roads, and then mm-hmm. as the big highways, the interstates came in, those little towns were forgotten. And you know, yeah. here's your Lightning McQueen character trapped and stuck, and oh. He experiences a transformation with a, a mentor, Doc, yes. and then suddenly he's back out there. And what lessons does he take? How does he allow it to affect him being 
back in the world. Mm -hmm. And and but it's it's got such a great Americana culture. True, um, true. Which that, is very you know, the same thing, Hunchback of Notre Dame, very European. Yeah, yeah. And it's of course it's always a bit of a caricature of what what of history and what we mm -hmm. know. But it, it does capture you know some fundamental themes. Uh, and what I liked about cars is how they they told two stories. It was kind of the the rebirth of that little town. And it was the kind of the conversion of this cocky little racing car who needs to discover that, you know, it's not all about him. And it's right. about it's, it's also double about, transformation. Yeah, it's it's it was about service and uh it's not just being the fastest, it's being, you know, the kindest and values like that. I, I loved how they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've got a few more questions. We can't, you know, talk about everything because then we would need to do like a show that's five times as long. Um, <laughs> is there a, one question in there that you would like to pick out and answer? Um, I think you had asked if we could, you know, had that wish upon a star or a Jiminy Cricket, you know, mm -hmm. the, the one thing to, to take away. Um, I, I had gone back to the old serenity prayer. You know, you said the, what was it you asked? Uh, something that could apply to your personal situation, your personal family. What would you wish for? Mm -hmm. And, and it, for me, it goes back to the serenity to accept what you can't change and the courage to get out there and change, transform the, the things that you can, but temper that with the wisdom to know what the difference, you know, when you can and yeah. when you can't and, and how to go forward. So um, that was the one that kept popping in my head as I was thinking about your questions uh, prior to today. Cool. Very cool. So. If you have to give a Disney tip to our listeners, what is something, what is a movie that they need to check out or what is an exper Disney experience oh that they need to do? Yeah, I know it's a hard question. Music. Uh, go back and, and listen to the soundtracks and, and, and just um, – Oh my goodness. Uh, I've, I've got my head full of songs all of a sudden. I've got that accentuate the positive going in my head. <laughs> and that kind of could be a Disney theme, couldn't it? Accentuate the positive. Yep. Everything we've talked about is is about hope and, and hitting the road and the highways of, of life. Um, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, they should just listen to what we talked about, about all these different themes and, and focus on being the best that we can be um, and allowing ourselves to be changed. I think the world needs that. And, and we yeah. can actually play a role in, in the theater of the world by, by taking those lessons from Disney and you know, putting them into practice. It's not, it's not rocket science. <laughs> you don't even need magic. <laughs> you just need to be a good, good, good person. That's, I love that about Disney. It makes it, ultimately, it brings back humanity and our existence to the, simple, the, the simplest values. And mm -hmm. so it's feasible. It's attainable. Right. It's very real. Thank you so much for your time. And where can people find you if they want to check out your, your blog or... Oh, okay. Uh, so the blog is of Sound, Mind, and Spirit, and mm -hmm. it's just www.soundmindandspirit.com. Uh, Lisa and I have a couple of videos that we've kind of been exploring. If you, you think I'm boring, you should see me with my other half. She she makes me funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't underestimate her. yourself. <laughs> yeah, we haven't figured out who makes who funny, but we work best together, we've noticed. People like us together. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the number one place they can go. We're, we're everywhere else, but go to the blog and you'll find everywhere else. Excellent. 
Well, thank you so much for talking to us, and thank you for being part of everything I learned from Disney. And we will be back with another episode very soon, so stay tuned, and thanks for listening. Thank you.